0: do that for a few moments. It feels good in the house of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. How many is excited that you got victory in Jesus here tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many is excited that you serve a God that is triumphant, has never lost a battle hallelujah somebody ought to give god praise here tonight praise god praise god amen so good to be in the house of the lord thank you for coming amen i honor you tonight for being in the house of the lord on a wednesday night and uh, and receiving the word of god amen if you have your bibles we're going to turn open to the book of hebrews chapter 12 Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to be going to verse number 14. Amen. want to talk to us for a little bit here tonight, and I want to honor your time, uh, but I do want to uh, just continue on this vein that we're in. And uh, do it as long as God has us in it. And uh, and just continue. As long as we're continuing and moving forward in it, uh, we just want God to continue to work through it. And hopefully this continues to be a blessing to all of us. Amen. Helps church to grow in, in Jesus. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. The Bible says this. Follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord follow peace with all men and holiness we've talked about holiness for the sake of our safety we've talked about holiness unto the Lord But often we have misquoted this verse. Follow peace with all men and holiness. And tonight I want to teach on this subject. It's the difference that makes the difference. It's the difference that makes the difference. Amen. Would you set down your Bibles? Would you pray with me here tonight that God would speak to us? Amen. We want to continue on, Lord, in this vein of holiness, in this vein of sanctification and separation, Lord. Pray, God, that you would give me the words to speak, God, that you would take what I have prepared here tonight, amen, and God, that you would bless it and multiply it in our lives, God. We're giving you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it's the difference that makes the difference. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We are called to be different. Everybody said amen. We are called to be different. We are called to be separate. And I'm going to be talking about separation here tonight. But this doctrine of separation, this doctrine of, if I could put it in my own words, this doctrine of difference goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. We see it in, in one of the very first acts that God does. He comes on the first day, and God said, Let there be light. Now, up until this point, the natural state of the universe was darkness. It was empty. It was void. Amen. But when God moved and God spoke, Amen, he brought in a difference. And when he said, let there be light, the Bible declares that as he said it, so it was. Amen. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Is anybody thankful for the difference that God's made in your life here tonight? I'm thankful that when my life was at the darkest place that it could be, the most empty, the most void that it could ever be, that God was not afraid to move on me, and God was not afraid to speak to me, and it was not a word that said, stay the way you are. But when God spoke, he spoke a word of difference. That, that word came forth and I maybe was in darkness at that point. But when God spoke, amen, whatever was darkness in me became light. Come on, somebody. You ought to give God praise for just a moment for the difference that makes the difference. God created light and now you have these two entities you have light and you have darkness and it's interesting because at this very moment if we could go to this very moment in time they are seeming to coexist amen but god when he saw the light he he said that it was good amen at any moment god could have very well said that darkness was good but it was not it was not good until God moved on it. It was not good until God spoke to it. So when God shows up in your life and when God shows up into my life, he never leaves it the way that it is. If, if, and, and many people would think this way. Well, I'm already good. This is why many people don't come to church. They don't come to God because in their mind, they're already good. Uh, but I want you to know that it was, it was light that God called good. And he very well could have said darkness was good. But darkness was what was there before God moved and before God spoke. And when he saw the light that he had spoke, the light that he created, he declared that what I have made a difference in your life, that's good. And the, and the area that I've changed you. That's good. And he declared, the light that I have brought in the midst of your darkness, that is good. Somebody said amen. And he then looked at, he saw the light that it was good, and he saw the darkness as well. And he divided. Amen. God is a God of division. Amen. I want you to know that God also celebrates unity, but unity in the right context. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's a lot of unity in our world that God is not okay with. There's a lot of unity in our world that God would not declare as good. Amen. And, and even Jesus showed up and he said, Did you think that I came to bring peace upon the earth? He said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. What is a sword used for? To, for division. Amen. He said, I've come upon the earth to divide, amen, husband from wife and, and father from, from son. And, and a lot of people have used this and misunderstood it. Amen. What he is saying is that when the gospel shows up in your life, amen, there is a dividing, amen. It, it's not that God would cause you, amen, to hate. In fact, when God enters your life, he causes you to love. He causes you to forgive. He causes you to be patient, amen. But he was letting them know that when I show up in your life, it is like the light back in Genesis. There is a division that happens that maybe you were getting along just fine with your family or your friends or your spouse. But the moment that you get this difference in your life, people are going to notice. And some people aren't too happy about the difference. Amen. Let me just help you. There's a lot of people that will not be happy about what God is doing in your life. But you've got to continue in what God is doing. Some people will not be satisfied and and, and excited about the fact that you are changing. amen. Some might even say it the way that they said it to me. you got to be careful. Amen. They didn't care about the parties. They didn't care about uh, missing school. They didn't care about any of these other things. But the moment I decided to go to church, uh, everybody became a theologian. They were nervous because I started treating them better. (laughs) Well, hallelujah. They were nervous because I started smiling a lot more. Amen. There's some people that are not excited about the difference that God is making in your life. But I want you to know that it's the absolute will of God that you let him make a difference in your life. God divides light, dark, firmament above, firmament below. It's one of the first things God does because the doctrine of separation, the doctrine of difference goes all the way back to Genesis. Amen. God has always sought to divide out and to separate out for himself a people because God in his ultimate wisdom knew that there would always be a group of people that did not want him this is the whole purpose of creating a man choice in the garden he knew that there was going to be people that would not choose him amen and this division this dividing line was there amen for people to make the decision to serve god because he knew that there would be people that would not serve him but just like there'd be people that would not serve him, there would be those that would choose to serve him. And God has always sought to have a people that would choose him, that would choose to worship him, choose to love him. Amen. And God calls them out of these other people. We find this even in, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 6. That there is a world that is filled with violence. It's filled with wickedness. Amen. And you see two groups there. You see the sons of God. You see the sons of Seth. Those that have called upon the name of the Lord. And you see the others that, amen, They that that the, the imagination of every man's heart was only evil continually. There's two groups, amen. And out of one group he calls forth Noah and he separates him unto himself and he creates, amen, the first church, if you will, amen, where he's building a church and he's preaching, amen, that they should come into the ark. And and there was a difference in this ark, amen. This ark was not like the world, amen. They were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. They were going about their daily life. But Noah was spending day in and day out building an ark that would save his family. His lifestyle was a little bit different different. His habits were a little bit different. Uh, Amen. What he involved himself in was a little bit different. And that's exactly what God wanted. The things he talked about were a little bit different. Everybody was talking about the latest game that was going on and the latest uh, movie that showed up. But Noah was talking about how one day God was going to part the clouds and rain was going to fall. Amen. He was talking about the soon and coming judgment from God and you got to get say brother amen he was preaching righteousness i hope that sounds like the church amen that you're in here tonight because i want to remind you that as sure as the clouds were parted and the rain began to fall in noah's day there's soon coming a day where jesus is coming back and he's gonna part the clouds for his church and he's coming back for a people that are prepared Noah prepared an ark, and the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for a bride that has made herself ready. Don't be like the five foolish virgins that didn't have their lamps trimmed and their lamps filled with oil. Amen. We've got to make sure that we are, amen, living the difference. Amen. The Bible says that we are called to separation. You will find this over and over again. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22 through 26, we won't read it all, but the Bible says you shall keep all my statutes and my judgments that you would do them, amen, because, amen, what you obey and what you follow does make a difference in your life, amen. It's not enough just to go to church here. If you don't adhere and you don't live it, you're not really living the difference, amen. You are hearing the difference, but you are not living the difference nor experiencing the difference. And he says that you are gonna do them, That the land where I bring you, amen, to dwell, it won't spew you out. Amen. You've got to continue to live in the difference if you want to live in the promise, if you want to live in the blessing. And you shall not walk after the manner of the nation which I cast out before you. God was not bringing them into a land flowing with milk and honey so that they could become like the other nations. I want you to see this here tonight. God called them out of Egypt. Not so they could become Egypt. God called them out of Egypt so he could take them into a land. Not so they could become like the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Amen. Hallelujah. He was not calling them out and calling them in. So they could become like everybody else. But he was calling them out and calling them in. So the surrounding nations would see the difference. He said, I don't want the land to spew you out. Amen, because all these nations before you, they've committed these things, and I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you for a possession of land that flows with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. You shall therefore put the difference between clean beasts and unclean beasts. And we're not going to talk about beasts here today, but amen. you'll see this context over and over again, that many times God commands them certain things. For no other reason that, 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 than that there might be a difference. I'm going I'm to do this that you might be different. Amen. He continues on and says, you shall be holy unto me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you. Amen. That's where that sword comes in. I have severed you from other people that you might be mine. Amen. Separation. Separation has three parts and I'm going to teach it here tonight. Amen. The first part is we are called out from the world. Everybody say worldliness. If you have your Bibles, we can turn there first John chapter 2 verse 15. If you don't have your Bible, you can look up here on the screen and brother Dixon will have it up there for you. Amen. But do your best to bring your Bible to church and read it at home as well. Hallelujah. Finish that Bible in your program. We're coming through, If you just haven't started it yet, go ahead and start it. You'll get through it. Amen. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. I want you to hear this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man or woman love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Do you see that? For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, love not the world. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't love the things that are in the world. Amen. Okay. Worldliness. Amen. We are called to love the world as Christ loved the world. I want us to understand this because some have become so mean-spirited, they have missed what we opened our text with. Follow peace and holiness with all men. Amen. They've missed the peace part, and they have chosen to not show love to the world. This word and this, this context here today is not talking about showing love towards. It is talking about a possessive love that it gets in your heart. That's why it makes sense when you when it says love, not the world. neither the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in them. Amen. When you love the world, when you are consumed with worldliness. Amen. A love for the things of this present evil world. You are consumed with it. You are a possessor of it. Amen. That you, you, you care less about heavenly things and more about earthly things. Amen. When you care more about the temporal and the temporary than you do the eternal. Amen. That's the kind of love of the world, the worldliness that the Word is talking about here tonight. Amen. If you've got a love for the world, amen, there is no love of the Father within us. In other words, if we've got a love for the world... Amen. God will not share the throne of your life. There will not be two on the throne of your heart. If you have decided that I want this present world, God will easily abdicate the throne that you have so easily given to somebody else. Other pursuits. Amen. Other hobbies. Amen. This is why it's important that we obey the scripture. Amen. Beyond our finances. Amen. meant that we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things would be added unto us, amen. A lot of us have used that and, and it works, amen, to use that in our finances. But I want you to know it goes beyond, amen, just a financial realm. It goes into making God the priority of your life, amen. You can find out real quick whether or not you are given over to worldliness if you can check the boxes of your life. What excites you more? the latest game or the latest movie or the latest, amen, or the greatest this or the newest this, amen, the newest toy or the newest adventure or being in the house of the Lord and worshiping God. Amen. What? There's nothing wrong with having things in life, amen, but we've got to be careful where we place our affection and where we place our love, amen. This present world, the Bible speaks, and it tells us, amen, of a man by the name of Demas, Demas, who had preached the gospel, traveled as a missionary. And the Bible says, Paul speaking, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Church, we've got to be careful because there's a lot of enticing things in this present world. There's a lot of pursuits in this present world. There's a lot of hobbies in this present world. Don't let it take you away from your love for God. Amen. Don't let some pursuit or some person or some job or some some other other thing from this present world take you away from the desire you have towards Jesus. Oh, let's pray for just a moment. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, you got to come out of this present world. We're called out of the world. We're we're called out from this present world. Somebody pray. Hallelujah, Lord, I want to have a, such a love for God that this world doesn't entice me. That, 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 that what my eyes see don't entice me. That what my flesh wants doesn't entice me. That, that even the pride of life doesn't entice me. Amen. You find that, that he said all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You'll find that these are all the three areas in which Jesus was tempted. The Bible says he was tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. All three of these, Jesus was tempted by, and he overcame them because he had a love for the word of God. Amen. If we don't have a love for the word of God, amen, we will be quickly swept away by doctrines of devils, amen, by other things, because we will, we will see something that is more appealing, amen, but just because it's more appealing doesn't mean it's good for you. Amen. We've got to make sure that we look at this present world through the right lens. We've got to look at it through the lens of the Word of God. Amen. There's a lot of pursuits out there that maybe aren't sinful, but they will steal you away from God. Amen. They may not. They may not be something that you can declare as a sin. Amen. But they're what Paul would declare weights that easily beset us. They entrap us. This world is is got all sorts of traps out there. Amen. Uh, I read read something the other day that just kind of smote my heart. Amen. It was, it was a quote somebody said from Netflix. And they said, Netflix only has one competition, sleep. Netflix only has one competition, sleep. The only thing keeping people off and away from Netflix is that they're too tired to stay up and continue to binge watch. I wonder what is keeping amen, the church away from being the church. I wonder what is in competition with your love for God. I wonder, amen, if there's something there in this present world. It might be a pursuit. It might be a person. Amen, you can fill in the blank with whatever it is that you are are currently being led astray by. I want to encourage you here today. We are to be called out of that. Amen. It might be different for me than it is for you, but God is still calling. Come out from that. Come out from that. you got to let that love of those things go because maybe that love, amen, is superseding your love for God, your love for the house of God. Amen. Don't let that pursuit or that person, amen, or whatever it might be, separate you from your love for God. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. Separation has the first part to come out from the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. We usually use this verse in context when we're talking about who you marry. And I think it's very important, amen, that you marry somebody that that shares your values, amen, that shares the word of God's values, amen. Uh, amen, The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Yoke, same thing that they would put on, on, on two oxen that would plow the field. And you'd never want one, that was stronger than the other. You'd never want one. You'd never yoke up an ox and, and a donkey. They don't pull at the same strength or at the same speed. Because if you unequally yoke them. You put the yoke on the neck of the ox and on the donkey. Amen. The ox might pull a little stronger a little faster. And break the neck of the donkey. Amen. And, and this is what the Bible is telling the church. We are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It's not talking about loving your neighbor. It's not talking about being friendly, amen, or being friends with, amen, but it's when you when you attach yourself, amen, to the direction that they are going, amen. If you are trying to make heaven your home, amen, and you are surrounding yourself with people that are constantly trying to drag you to the bar, amen, or drag you away from church, I want you to know that that something's going to give and something's going to break, and, and I've seen it too many times that people don't get... Amen. Save, but people get lost. Amen. I, I've seen the, the missionary dating where if I can go out and find somebody that, uh, that, that, that I like or I think is attractive, that I can somehow bring them and, and change them. I want you to know, amen, anybody that's been married for a while, you can't change your spouse. Amen. What you see is what you get amen the only thing you can do is change yourself amen and work on yourself and pray for your spouse amen there's hope if you have an unsaved loved one an unsaved spouse amen the Bible declares that but but for somebody to go out and say well I can change them if they don't currently have a love for God amen you can't dangle your life out there amen as the carrot on the stick that if you can have me if you come and get jesus amen because they'll come and get jesus i say that in quotes amen and they'll get you and i've seen it time and time again that that something gives amen and they come to church for a minute but then they leave the church somebody ought to give god praise here today we are not to be unequally yoked together amen This is why I'll say it to the young people and those that are unmarried. You need to pray for your spouse. Find him in the altar, not in the back of the church. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't just say that uh, because it's a cute phrase. I say that from experience. Amen. you got to hit your knees and pray at the altar for your spouse. Amen. I prayed for 28 years. Amen. I wasn't willing to settle for somebody that was going to go the opposite direction. Amen. And I didn't look for somebody that fit in with this present world. I looked for somebody that that I could tell there was a difference in their life, amen. In their life, in their lifestyle, in their behavior, amen. Let's continue on in this verse. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? Going back to Genesis, what concord has Christ with Belial or the devil? What part has he that believes with an infidel and unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? These are rhetorical. There is no agreement. For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. The first level of separation is God calls you out of this present world. Amen. Let me tell you, amen, there is a difference between separation and isolation. God has not called his church to isolation. Amen. Everybody in this room can tell me what the Amish is against. Anybody anybody want to shout it out? What's the Amish against? Electricity. Comforts of this present world. Can anybody tell me what they're for? Because they've isolated themselves. The church was never called to isolation. Paul would put it this way. If that were the case, we must needs go out of the world. If If you weren't going to rub shoulders with a sinner... You got to get out of this world quick. This is not talking about you having a co-worker that smokes and drinks. The world's the world. The problem is when you yoke together with that and you can't tell the difference. Amen. If we can't tell the difference between your cussing coworker and the way you talk, Amen, we need we need to get the Holy Ghost again. And let, and it's not just speaking in tongues, but it's where you stop speaking in a language. Amen. Notice cussing. Amen. The Holy Ghost comes in and starts making a difference. If, if, if we can't tell the difference between an apostolic lady, amen, and somebody at the beach, we've got to go back and get the Holy Ghost. There's got to be a difference called modesty. And we're going to talk about that, amen, if we can't tell the difference between an apostolic man, amen, and somebody who's harsh and rude and crude, amen, we've got to get the Holy Ghost all over again. We need the difference maker we got to come out from that. Amen. Now, this does not mean that you, amen, this is what it looks like to be the difference at your job. They say a dirty joke, you turn around and say, and you don't have to say anything, you just walk away. Maybe you can't walk away. You don't laugh at it. They should never hear a cuss word come out of your mouth. The Bible says no corrupt communication should proceed out of our mouth. Amen. And and this is where the difference comes in for men. The Bible says, I will, therefore, that men lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Amen. And and, and this is in the same context where it says, "And, and likewise, the women also. So before we ever get to the women talking about outward expression, amen, it starts talking about the men and their mentality and their inward expression. Amen. With men, it's a little harder because when we go to the grocery store, you may not be able to tell the difference between me the way I look but you should be able to tell the difference between an apostolic man in the way he talks in the way he thinks in the way he treats treats other people first call of separation come out come out from that if you are just like the people you surround yourself with come out if they can't tell if you have to tell them you're a Christian. There's no difference. Hallelujah. The Bible says that they were called Christians first at Antioch. We should not have to tell people we're Christians. They should say, hey, don't talk like that. Don't don't act like that around them. Hey, I'm not afraid. You know what? I've been around enough people talking about Bible studies. I, I, I've i heard every, every word imaginable. I grew up with every word imaginable. I've been around coworkers that use every word imaginable. And, and I just smiled and kept the Holy Ghost flowing on the inside of me because I was going to shine forth the light of Jesus, and I was going to show them the difference. That I don't need a cuss word, amen, to express my point. I can use more intelligent words and I didn't have to, amen, I didn't get upset when things didn't go my way because I got joy unspeakable and full of glory and, and, and they will know the difference. And I had coworkers that I didn't have to say anything about, amen, what I believed and who I was, but they just came up and said, I notice you don't do certain things. I notice you don't talk about X, Y, or Z. I notice you didn't laugh at that joke. Amen. I want to tell you that we as the church of the living God, we are called to follow peace with all men and holiness. And when we do that, people are going to see Jesus. Amen. We got to get moving here today. Amen. I want to honor your time. So the first call is separation. Come out from among them and be separate. Amen. Everybody say godliness. Okay. So the first call is to stop with worldliness. But it's not enough to stop worldliness. you got to start godliness. I've seen some people stop worldliness, but they aren't very nice to their neighbor. Amen. They're not very kind or very loving. They've not allowed the fruits of the Spirit. I've seen people that talk about how gifted they are. and They can prophesy, but Paul would put it this way. You can prophesy, but if you don't have love, you don't have nothing. Amen. we got to let, amen, as gifted as we are as a church, we've got to allow ourselves to have the fruit as well where people can come by and pluck the fruit of love and joy off your life and they can taste it and they can feel it. Amen. They've got to be able to taste the difference and hear the difference and feel the difference in your life and in my life. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so the Bible tells us we are not to be conformed to this world we are not to be worldly but what are we to be conformed and transformed into amen Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 the Bible says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Church, we are not to be conformed and become like the world. God does not call you and I out of the world to become like the world. If that were the case, God should have left you alone. You were doing just fine. But God calls you and I out of the world, and he calls us out of sin. And out of worldliness. And he calls us. Amen. To be conformed to to not the world, but to the image of his dear son. He calls us to be conformed to being like Jesus. He calls us to be transformed in the way we think, in the way we live, in the way we talk, in the way we act, in the way we dress. In every avenue and area of our lives, he calls us unto being like himself. We are called to be like Jesus. I think we ought to pray for just a moment. Because many of us have forsaken the rudiments of this world. But we have not yet accepted our responsibility of being Christ-like. Somebody pray right now. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I want to be like Him. I want to be like Him. Amen. Amen. I don't want to be like this world. I, don't, I want to separate myself, amen, from the sensuality of our world. I want to separate myself from the ungodliness, amen. But I want to be like you, Jesus. Somebody pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel him in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible would declare in 2 Timothy, amen, chapter 3 and verse number 5, having a form of godliness, But denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Do you you want to know what the power of godliness is? Amen. Or the the, the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, what the, the power is? Even the power of godliness is in actually being godly. Because it is possible for us to deny being worldly, and we cast off the old man in our worldly desires. But we have not become transformed and conformed to the image of Jesus. And therefore, we have denied the power. We are a shell. On the outward, we look great. But on the inward, we have denied, amen, the attitude of actually being like Jesus. Amen. We look religious, but we have not become, amen, what the Bible would call pure religion. Amen. We we look Better. Amen. We look more whole, but on the inside, we have not allowed Jesus to transform us to being like him. Amen. So the first step of, of, of separation is to come out of the world, to get rid of worldliness. The second transformation that happens is we become like Jesus. That's where we become godly, God-like, Amen. The third, amen, transformation that happens is Amen. God calls us out of the world. God calls us into Christ. And now the third part of of holiness is God calls us back into the world, but not to be the world. God calls us back into the world to be the light of the world. Amen. Everybody say the word evangelism. Holiness is one of the greatest evangelism tools at our disposal. Amen. Amen. We often focus on what happens without holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. This is a two-edged sword. It is telling us, without being holy, you and I will not see God. Amen. Nobody's going to get to heaven unholy. You might remember Jesus tells a parable of a man that came to a wedding, and he was provided a wedding garment. He was provided a difference. He was provided a change of clothes, if you will. And the Bible says he didn't put it on, but everybody else did. And the Bible says the master showed up and said, why didn't you get changed? Amen. Why didn't you allow me to make a difference in your life? And that man said, well, I didn't think it really mattered. Amen. And the Bible says he was bound hand and foot and cast out. I want you to know very plainly that without holiness, you and I aren't going to make heaven our home. We've got to look holy. We've got to live holy. And we've got to be holy. But this other edge of the sword is without holiness and peace with all men. They will not see the Lord. The Bible says we are, we are epistles seen and read of all men. You and I might be the only Jesus some people ever see. If, if, if I am the only Jesus that somebody is going to see, I want to represent him right. What happens without holiness? No man sees the Lord. But what happens with holiness? Come on, somebody. They can finally see Jesus. The Bible tells us if there's some Grecians that showed up. Amen. And they came to the apostles and they said, sirs, we would see Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus, but all they could see was the disciples. And the disciples started bickering and fighting one with another. Amen. And they had a council on how they could decide whether or not these people should see Jesus. Amen. I think we ought to get beyond that where it's no longer we have to have a five-week debate on whether or not we would let people see Jesus in us, amen, and that, that in order to see Jesus, they got to come through, amen, this framework called Hood. I, I want to I so lay my life down and be like Paul and die daily and allow myself to take on my cross, amen, and have that crucifixion that when people show up, they don't have to go through me to see Jesus, but they see Jesus shining through me, and somebody said Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people. That means different people. Amen. Amen. That you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. You see it right there that God has already chosen them. Amen. God has called them out of darkness. Amen. And he shines his light into the people and those people are to be a reflection of the light they are called out they are called in and they are called back amen church amen we are to follow peace and holiness with all men so that we might show them this marvelous light that jesus is shining which at times past were not a people but now are the people of god which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy Amen. Part of showing Jesus is not showing people perfection. Amen. You don't have to show people that you are perfect. You have to show people that you have been redeemed. I had not obtained mercy, but now I've obtained mercy. I may not have it all figured out, but I want you to know about a God that will help all of us figure it out. He continues, dearly, beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, the unsaved people, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they... May by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Amen. What if you and I are the only Jesus that people will ever see? I want to make sure that I am living in such a way, dressing in such a way, acting in such a way, talking in such a way that I would not be a stumbling block to anybody seeing this glorious gospel light that Jesus has given to me. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 3. Coming to a close right now. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world. That's why you got to come out of the world. Because the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them we preach not of ourselves Amen. it's not about us the way we live is not so we can declare that we are better than this world we do this so that we can show it we can show forth the love of jesus to them and show them that there is a difference amen we preach not of ourselves but of christ jesus our lord and ourselves your servant for jesus sake for god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. Let's all stand. Let's pray for just a moment. God has called you and I out of darkness. He has shined His light into us. And now God wants to use holiness to shine his light through you and I. Amen. We, are, we have this treasure called the Holy Ghost. We have this treasure called the Holy Ghost. It's an earthen vessel. I'm I'm flawed. I got problems. I don't don't do everything right all the time. I don't always have the right mindset. I don't always live, amen, exactly the way I need to live. I don't always act the way I ought to act. uh, But I want God's power and God's love and God's light to shine through me that other people can see it. Somebody ought to pray for just a moment. Come on, God's calling you and I to be the reflection of what God wants to do in their life. There are people here tonight, and it's understandable because it's human. You are afraid of being different because people notice that which is different. There's many that don't want anybody to know that there's anything different about you. But it's the difference that you let shine that draws people to Jesus. Holiness is one of our greatest evangelistic tools. The way we live our lives. I I can't tell you how many times I've gotten people to come to church because they would would get together and they'd tell me about their latest movie or show. (laughs) and I'd look at them, not trying to act holier than them. I had no idea what they were talking about. I would not rude and say, don't tell me about that. Because it's peace and holiness. And they tell me about all whatever's going on this weekend, all the party they had. Oh man, we got smashed drunk. And I just look right back at them. Said, man, I had a great weekend too. You might even say I got a little drunk myself. But it wasn't that old wine, it was that new wine. And I went to church and I felt the Holy Ghost. Oh, I just went and saw this movie this weekend. Let them tell their story. Did you see it? No, I didn't. You need to. Thanks for the, the advice. And it opened up a door, an opportunity to start talking to them about the difference that God's made in my life. And I can't tell how many people have seen just just the very basics. Now, ladies, I want to tell you, don't be afraid to be different. Dressing like an apostolic lady is one of the greatest evangelistic tools that we have. I'm not ashamed of our ladies. I've never one time looked at my wife and been ashamed that she's wearing a dress and uncut hair. All the time. We get this. Tell me if I'm lying, babe. Wow, you have such wonderful, beautiful hair. And I always wonder why they don't compliment my hair. At least it's still there. I mean, praise God. But And they, they wonder, well, how would you get your hair so long? She says, I just never cut it. And then they start asking why. And then we get an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Well, I don't know if the world wants that. Let me talk to you from somebody who came from the world. And those of us that have come from the world, this is exactly what we want. We have been in the world and seen the parties. And then we came to church and saw people get excited without alcohol. And the difference made the difference. We've seen people have joy that didn't need to get drunk to do it. And it was the difference that made the difference we saw people that went through hell but still kept a smile on their face and they didn't need to pop a pill to do it it was the difference that made the difference saw people when i showed up to church one of the number one things that attracted me to the apostolic church is i looked around and i thought man these people have some they have something together well these suits might make people feel uncomfortable it didn't make me uncomfortable at all i thought man these people, they've got something together. And the world I live in is so chaotic. I gotta figure out what these multimillionaires are doing. Come on, somebody, you may not know what people think about you. I thought everybody's a millionaire. They were smiling like they had money flowing out of their bank account and out of their pockets. I thought, man, I gotta get what these people got. It was the difference that made the difference. Many years ago, there was a man that came to my home church we've talked about this a little bit but he came and had money all this different stuff and love what he felt but he didn't quite understand some of the things the church did and he said well pastor if you could just ease up on some of those things just just change a little here and a little there he said that i'd have no problem making this my church and he turned to him and he said, if I change what makes us different, you won't feel the difference. If I start tweaking and changing the difference makers and the little things that you right now don't like, you'll come back next year and people will be so given over to Hollywood that they won't worship God like they are right now. And people will be given over the worldliness and, and all the... He said, you won't feel what you feel. So we're going to go ahead and continue to do what we... What we do. Amen. And I want to encourage you, amen, to come and continue to experience, amen, the difference you feel. Amen. And sure enough, those people, amen, they're living for God today. Can I help you, amen, that what we got, people are looking for it. But we can't be ashamed of it. We can't hide it, amen, under a bushel. Oh, no. I've got to let the light of God shine before men that they could see the good works that we've got, that they can see the change and the difference God's made. And They would glorify Him. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. I'm done speaking here today. I want to encourage you. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your Christian lifestyle. Don't be ashamed of the convictions that you have, or that you, the decisions that you've made, and and the way you live and the way you act. Hey Amen. There's going to be people that are coming out of a chaotic world that they're going to look towards you and I, and they're going to say, I, I've, "I've got to get whatever makes you different. I, I just I've got to get a hold of whatever is making your life different." Hey Amen. If you knew the chaos that I'm living in right now, you would you would give me that difference. Uh, don't be like the world to win the world amen be like Jesus to win the world I want to open up this altar would you come today we're going to have an opportunity for us to all come and say Lord make me holy like you're holy make me holy like you're holy so that I can get out of amen the way I've been God make me holy like you're holy because I want to be like you and I want to please you and finally Lord make me holy like you're holy so somebody else might see Jesus in me would you come and pray? Maybe it's been a minute since you made a consecration to live this apostolic lifestyle and to be different and to be distinct. We'll talk about more of that in, in, in the future, but I want you to come and say, Lord, I want to be different. I want to be different, Jesus. I want to be like you, and I want others to be like you, Jesus. I want to so continually pray be like you that others are compelled to be like you i want to reflect the love of god of the light of god so others would see it and they would live it would do everything they can to come out of this world and out of darkness somebody pray come on that's it let's pray in the holy ghost i want to be holy jesus god would you make me more like you would you make me more like you God, maybe there's some things I've thought that they aren't right. God, would you cleanse my mind here today? Maybe there's some things I've laughed at or said, amen, on the job site that, God, just aren't right. I pray, God, that you'd help make me more like you. Maybe I've eased up on some of my convictions, Lord. Amen, I've given myself over, and, and instead of coming out of the world... Amen, I've gone back into the world in my mind or in the world in my actions. God, would you help me again to come out from among it so you can receive me again. Somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to let God separate them out of this world. Separate unto Him. And separate you for the world to be saved. That's it. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Maybe let's consecrate ourselves here tonight. for your mercy. God, I might be the only Jesus that anybody ever sees. Help me to continue with an attitude of holiness that comes in the form of peace with all men. God, let others be able to see what you're doing in my life, the difference that you're making in my world, God. Maybe it's the activities that I participate in, like going to church, Amen, and being faithful to the house of God, that people see that That holy lifestyle and it draws them. Maybe it's the activities I don't involve myself in, but they can see the difference, God. I pray that you would make the difference visible so people can come and experience and encounter what you have. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. I want to encourage us here tonight. We're going to pray before we go. Don't be ashamed of your walk with God. Don't be ashamed to talk about God. Let people know he's made a difference in my life. You go to church and man, God touches you. Don't be afraid to tell somebody. Because they might come from a different paradigm, religious background, non-religious background. They'll be so, it it dumbfounds some people. What do you mean God touched? you? Man, I went to church and it changed me. I mean, it changed you. They're going through a divorce right now, and they're trying to figure out what, what, if anything, could change them. They're depressed and popping pills, hoping it'll change them. If you and I talk about God continually in our actions, we live for God. Which means I don't live for God just at church on Sunday or Wednesday, but I live for God wherever I go. Being separate is not a part-time job. And somebody said, "Amen." It's full time. Let it be for the glorification of God and the winning of the souls of men. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you today, God. I thank you for the attentiveness of your people here tonight. I thank you for the receptiveness of your people here tonight. I pray, God, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel, not be ashamed of the differences of distinctives of what makes us apostolic, God. And we're gonna we're gonna continue on in this vein and in this theme. God is we're gonna learn and we're gonna grow, but I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to hold our head up high, knowing we are like you, knowing we are the children of the Almighty God, and that we would glorify you, Amen. To our neighbors, to our coworkers, Amen. To those that we come in contact with, that they would see the peace and the holiness, and that that would cause them to come and to see Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one.